Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. This week, we can't wait any longer. We are digging into a non-spoiler Watchmen talk. And then... A spoiler Watchmen talk, because I gotta talk about episode 6, one of the best episodes of TV of all time, and we're gonna spoil it later, but in a minute. We will warn you when that part is coming. Uh, And special thanks to Heroes and Villains, we will be talking more about them, but they are our sponsors today, and we're really happy to have them on board. What episode number is this? I've been excited about this episode number for like 100 episodes. Collider Heroes number 333, all the threes, three threes, in fact... Just feels good. I'm Amy Dallin. I'm Corey John Rowe. And please welcome our good friend, Joel Monique. Hi! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Three, three, three. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. It just feels good. We're charmed up in here. All I'm right. Feeling. Now, Power three. we have... It took me a second. <laughs> I got to catch up. It's a play <laughs> on the concept and also true. Yeah. <laughs> We're with the charmed ones here to talk to you about Watchmen. I am very excited. This week, there is some news. We will be getting into all the news that broke on Giant Size, but we haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk about this freaking television show that they are making. A real television show in Year of Our Pork 2019. Uh, adapting-ish Watchmen for a modern audience, for every audience. H- how's it going? We're six episodes in. This is the non-spoiler bit. Six out of nine mm. in to HBO's Watchmen, a real sentence. Overall thoughts, um, it's messing up other television for me. <laughs> uh, I'm really having a hard time watching TV and being like, yeah, but I could watch Watchmen again. Again. And it just, I keep wanting to cycle back because it, it's full of such nuance and it's full of amazing performances and the details, like especially episodes five and six, they all have amazing details. But five and six, I kept being like, what is all... Like, the background is, is as much story as the foreground. And when you accomplish in-camera editing like that, a la Legion, which blew my mind, uh, you're doing something that is transcending a medium. And Watchmen transcends the medium of comics in much the way that I am experiencing Watchmen, the show, transcending the medium of television. It is uh, it is something I can't wait to have my kids watch and me explain, like, yeah, 
I lived through some stuff that doesn't make sense still, kids. Uh, it's just so good. Yeah, I think uh, when it first came out, we were concerned. There's a lot of like, well, how are they going to pull it off? Because we had so many issues with the movie. Even people who love the movie are like, well, I don't know about the alternate ending from the comics or, you know, all it's different a big kinds swing of swing that they took in so many ways. It was a huge swing. And for me as a Watchmen fan, completely misses the point of Watchmen. <laughs> you needed the squid fall. It couldn't be Dr. Manhattan. He was the American bomb. It, it's weird. So for them to be like, not only are we going to fully embrace just the initial like graphic novel history and mm-hmm. cement that in time as being a like preholder, then they like went above and beyond and they're like, not only are we going to address a lot of the issues that the original comic doesn't address, which is crazy because the original Watchmen addresses so much mm. but we don't ever get into race um our women tend to be young or very very old they have no like middle age like what is like the rest of that part of a woman's life like mm. and, and how are those women you know empowered and how are they not empowered and how can they be total jerks oh my god i love Lori is just like the worst human being on the planet but i think what's like really exceptional about it for me is i'm really into universal storytelling So I really like the idea of a comic, a movie, like um, a video game, a novel, expanding and telling a universe. And we have so much like really good, rich stuff. You know, you can go all into Marvel. You can go all into Star Wars. We don't have like a one track of that really well until now. (laughs) And they gave us Pedipedia, which I don't know if you guys are checking out. Tell the people about Pedipedia because it is the way. We're not doing spoilers here. But once you get into the show, and as Chloe mentioned, like there's such great Easter eggs, like especially if you read the comic, they'll pull quotes where you're like, that's an extra from a magazine article from 1973. How are you doing this? That's <laughs> the level of detail. And the writers the other day, Cord, who wrote episode six, was talking about how they had the comic book open. So they would just go panel by panel. And so there's like very detailed research. They expanded on that and gave PDpedia. Uh, PD is an agent in the FBI. He's in the show. He's Lori's like right hand guy, kind of. He has all these documents from the FBI, but also he'll pull, like, magazine articles, and they'll give you such great, rich detail of the world, and it makes everything really exciting. Like, um, what was the one they gave us? Oh, oh, when Lori gets arrested. Why did Night Owl go to jail, but Lori didn't? They'll tell you in the Pedia file. It's crazy, and it's such a good interview, and you can hear it in the actor's voice. Like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, that's Gene Smart's voice. This could have been a scene in the show. Maybe it was, and they pulled it for the... I don't know, but it's just the amount of, like, extraness that this gives. It the makes richness. You, it makes you want to do, like, more with the universe in a way that still feels grounded and real, and I think that's incredibly hard to do and it just like it's thrilling i love so here's it. yeah here's the words that you want to look for when you're doing a watchman s thing you want to hear things like that's incredibly hard to do <laughs> you want to hear things like i haven't seen someone use the tools of storytelling this way before mm-hmm. you want to hear things like it's trying to tackle everything uh all this the stuff that y'all are saying is part of why it was it's in some ways it's okay to say like nothing is ever going to do what Watchmen did for comics. It was one time in place. It was the first of its kind in some ways, like film and television are way further along as mediums than comics were at that point in some ways. Uh, So in that sense, it's unreproducible, but is this an incredibly satisfying 
basically unparalleled television experience that I am having with Watchmen right now? <laughs> are they doing things like there are interstitials between the chapters that fill out the world building, which is literally a Watchmen thing? It's it's unbelievable. Corey, I cut you off. I was excited. Uh, uh, no, no, I was just, I mean, that's why we're here. Uh, but I was going to say about PDPedia, I like that it builds in the universe, but you know, it's not necessary. It's a really hard line yeah. to walk where you're not like, last time on, you're like, you're not missing out, but it enhances the world and it grows it. And in some ways it changes your perception of characters. Like, uh, do you guys know uh, the Childish Gambino album because of the internet? Yes. The, the read-along script? Yes, I there's, do. There's, there's a script that you can read while listening to because of the internet that completely changes the album. But if you didn't know that until I just told you, you've not not enjoyed because of the internet. But now if you listen to it in this new way while reading, it's a completely different album. And I feel like PDPedia does that with a medium that I don't think has done that quite this way. No. It's like Dark Side of the Moon. It's a very different animal. So I, I think it's really impressive that the writers are so invested that they're building alternate mediums off a medium that's not the medium it was originally intended to be in for the first place. Which, I mean, is again, a thing from Watchmen. There are people <laughs> who skipped those documents at the end of each episode that help fill out the world. I like to think that they all eventually went back and read them because they're a part of Watchmen and give them important story info. Uh, uh, and they're real good. And that was... It, it's Well, we'll get into all this with spoilers. It's mm-hmm. interesting because mm-hmm. PDP is different because documentary evidence is not in the same... The way that comics are sort of like, we're pictures and text, and a text-only portion that enhances the story fits into that, where Pedipedia is a variation from that, but it, it makes it even more interesting, which we'll get into in the spoiler part. Now, while we're still in non-spoilers, uh, I want to talk about the cast, because that's a non-spoiler, before we lose some audience people that haven't caught up. Yes. The cast is amazing, because these are all actors I've loved in other things, but uh, like as, a, as an ensemble, they're just putting in the work. Every single person is incredible in this if show. Regina it's King ridiculous. does not get her awards, we are gonna fight. And I also now feel very, I really feel like all three of our lead women, such as Jean Smart, Hong Chow, and Regina Hing, yeah, uh, it, it, the things that they're doing <laughs> are so fun, and incredible, and it's clear that they're having a good mm-hmm. time, and they're like really pushing their boundaries, and there's like I feel like it's particularly with dramas, women don't typically get to have a lot of fun. Mm. If you think about it, they're always like rushing off in like very terrible situations. These guys get to like kick butt, but then also I'm like a trillionaire scientist. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so cool. And then on top of like the great casting of the show, the costuming, I cannot wait for Comic-Con next year when there are just a thousand night sisters, just sister Sister nights, nights, just hanging around, like being awesome with the... I actually, up. the Night Sisters, I feel like, I, I, I'm thinking of the, the Witches of Dathomir. Are they called yes, Night Sisters? they Can are. Can we have a That's Sister Night, Night Sister meetup? You just broke the internet. Please That's do that. That's it. Please it's do over. it. For me, I need to, when we get to spoilers, talk about Lube Man, because that is the costume of the <laughs> year. I got to talk when we get there, because that's the costume I would go with. Man, oh man, is that a costume? Um, if you said costume, I was going to be like, no. Writing, uh, directing this incredible soundtrack. Uh, but, this unbelievable well, soundtrack. Before we leave the cast, I yes. want to say Jeremy Irons as Vite is something that I didn't Inspired. think would, would... I knew I'd love it, but I didn't think I'd be retroactively putting him in Watchmen. Like, when you read a comic, you're like, well, of course he sounds like Jeremy Irons. And, like, there's so many moments where I'm like, well, yeah, that's the voice of, oh, he did that 30 years after the comic, and it just feels right. And then Tim Blake Nelson somehow being charming and uncomfortable in a very, like, like Michael C. Hall managed to be, like, the most charming serial killer ever. And, and Tim Blake Nelson's managing to be, like, this really... You're, like, drawn to him while you're like, but why are you so weird? Why is it bad? Yeah, when he sings uh, a song from Oklahoma, we're not doing spoilers here, but he sings, and it's... <laughs> wow, it really... When Dan Johnson there. does that, yeah. uh, yep. Mm-hmm. And Don Johnson. 
Like There's also gratuitous incredible. musicals references all over this series. Which oh, yeah, I it's a musical lover's dream. Perfect, personally. And we're going to get into all of it. Uh, if you haven't caught up, please let this be us entreating you. Uh, if you can, get a hold of HBO's Watchmen. Uh, when we get back to this, we're going to be doing full spoilers up through episode six, uh, which is as much as I think any of us have seen. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll wild speculation, ahoy. Uh, but first, we want to do a quick look at comics and a thank you to our sponsor for this week, Heroes and Villains. Heroes and Villains is a design-driven lifestyle brand uh, that plays on all the stuff we love, but with honestly excellent design and clothing sensibilities. Uh, high design and understated style, derived from the stories that have inspired all of us. They have a maker's approach to design and craftsmanship. They have major Star Wars collections, including the latest Warriors of Mandalore collection, Jedi and Sith, and our Stormtrooper, Rebel Scum, and just released Star Trek, Batman and Joker, and Warriors of Mandalore collections that include three Mandalorian items. A limited edition numbered lapel pin that I'm going to need to have. Uh, and yeah, you can find all this good stuff at heroesvillains.com. Heroesvillains.com. And you can get 10% off your entire purchase, including all holiday promotions, with the code HEROES10 at checkout. So get on that because they do real good stuff. You know what Thursday is? Us rocket before. Thursday's Black Friday, which means <laughs> you get 10% off whatever those sales are because it says including those promos. So uh, just Heroes 10, I'm just saying. Uh, and you can use that money that you saved to buy some comics because we have a comic book pull list this week. That was a good tangent. Yeah, thank you. I was impressed. That was excellent. <laughs> Uh, we have a great list this week. It ended up being a very, very indie week. So you want to start off that week with Invisible Kingdom number seven from Dark Horse by Christian Ward and G. Willow Wilson. I got to read this early and it's incredible. John Constant Hellblazer, he is back and it is glorious. Hellblazer is back. We have, speaking of things that are back and you haven't seen in a while or maybe ever, the 20th anniversary deluxe edition hardcover of the original Matrix comics, including stuff that never made it to print before, is coming back in preparation, I assume, for the movie. Who knows why? And the writer and artist that worked on The Matrix. That, that book is incredible. And also, The Matrix can drink next year, which is terrifying. <laughs> and we also have Basket Full of Heads number two from Joe Hill and his very, very cool Hill House line. And if you want to go back to the beginning and really learn the history of the stuff that makes the stuff we love, before there were comic books, there were comic strips, and there were genius artists inventing them, like George Harriman. And his uh, long out-of-print books are recollected starting this week in the George Harriman Library, Crazy and Ignatz, 1916 through 1918. And George Harriman is an incredibly fascinating historical figure uh, who did a, a lot of work in making comics what they are today. The, that Matrix thing, Steve Scross was the first, I love Steve Scross, it was the first time that I saw a comic artist work on a movie and I was like, they can do that? Aww. Like I always saw movies and comics as separate because comic movies weren't as prevalent then. So it was really like my brain, I was 11 in 99, so this would have been a 98. So I remember being like, oh, the people that work on comics know about movies. That's cool. Those synapses connected on this specific thing. On this thing. specific thing. So I, I'm really excited for the Matrix book because it showed me that, like, comic people watch movies and movie people read comics. Oh, they have I was a, a little. an all-star lineup on that. I'm very excited to have that back in print. Uh, and is there anything from those that jumps out at you, Joel? Uh, yeah. Anytime Constantine pops up, I'm intrigued. <laughs> but now it's like Constantine under a Sandman-specific banner. Mm -hmm. And I'm sold. Yeah, really, what more do you need? The yeah. language in that book is so good. You can yeah. hear it. Like the, you can hear the syncopation. You can hear the, the slang. Like they really, the grit of it. It's just, at that book, I was so happy. Uh, is it on the DC All Access yet? This it will be doing. in about a year. Okay. Well, universe. Well, for one year, I have DC All Access, <laughs> and I'll be doing all of my comic book reading right there. Next Thanksgiving, <laughs> we'll talk about it. It's going to be fantastic. I love it. Can't wait. <laughs> 
To the best of my knowledge, all the new DC books are arriving on DC Universe after a year. By the way, if you are missing out on great stuff that we talked about this time last year, it's hitting DC Universe right now. Yeah, what's well, 52 weeks minus 333? So, like, episode 280, thereabouts, watch those. Check out DC <laughs> Daily. Those comics are great. <laughs> Marvel Unlimited is six months back. DC Universe is a year back. Comicsology Unlimited is out there for you. We've been talking a lot about places to get your comics online this week, but make sure you're checking out all those options. Uh, and uh, on a, a slightly sadder note, we unfortunately had yet another loss to the comic world this week. Cartoonist Gayon Wilson passed away. Uh, you would know his style from a million unforgettable uh, cartoons in, in Playboy and a lot of other outlets for really interesting, out there, funny, creepy cartooning. There's a wonderful remembrance of him by Neil Gaiman, uh, who... Uh, there's a wonderful remembrance of him by Neil Gaiman up online. Gayan Wilson uh, was one of the cartooning greats and unfortunately uh, has left us this week. So thank you for everything. Are we ready? I think we must. To get into. The spoiler talk? The biggest possible spoiler warning. I couldn't. I, I'm going I'm to yell out a spoiler as soon as we stop this dramatic buildup. <laughs> Are you ready? Three. Two. Hooded Justice reveal was so cool. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, so excited yeah. about that. The parallel they gave us with the, I mean, for one, just the scene with his kid and the white face and the heartbreak and oh my God, but the parallel between the grandfather and the daughter because of the makeup and it was in front of us the whole time. I watched through episode six seven weeks ago and I've had to say nothing. And I've had to see people like discover the show and be excited and go like, just wait till six, it's gonna change. And now I'm with everyone waiting week to week and it's killing me because I haven't known this suffering. I haven't known what it's like. Episode 6 and Episode 5 are amongst my favorite hours of television hard stop in history, period. As a one-two punch, those I, it's actually, I was making myself laugh earlier because I was like, well, really, you know, this is the best episode, but also number 5 was the best episode. But I can't <laughs> ignore Lori's episode, and also number 2 was the one that really cemented my love. So it turns out my highlights are 4 out of 6 of the existing episodes. <laughs> but first, we gotta talk. We gotta talk Hooded Justice. This twist was brilliant. I thought it was perfectly executed. Where do you come in? Yeah, so, like, I paced myself. I got all the screeners, but I was like, let me not, I didn't want to get, I review them weekly, and I didn't want to get too far ahead of the audience. So I, I watched both, I watched five and six at the same time. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I watched five, lot. and I was like, I'm not done. <laughs> Give me Pace one myself. more. <laughs> you know what, who can, this far in, like, I'll just quickly write my, like, I just wrote, like, the major notes, the surprises, and I'm like, what's how quick. devastating can it be? Right. Oh my gosh. And then I was just looking at everybody like, do you know? And it's great because, so I review it for the AV Club and we have like a really great comment section below it. And so I'm like interacting with the fan. And people were guessing like episode two or three. Around episode two, I started getting an inkling. I was like, so the noose and the hanging probably connected, mm-hmm. you know, and then the grandparents, okay, maybe the colors, like, that would be wild. And then would, and I think in my review three, I was like, so if Hooded Justice is a black gay man, would that be the first superhero? Like, don't cry. We don't know yet for sure. Like, just hold tight. Um, it was, I don't know if you can describe, like, we may never get a reveal this surprising in our lives again. I feel like it was that level of like, what the hell? Like, because, and especially if you read the comic book and then you're like, oh, like you could guess some of this. It in makes the, the comic, comic better. Yeah. It makes the opening scene from scene two, from episode two better. Because if you start thinking about like, so someone wrote in, isn't it a plot hole that in episode two, he's like, 
oh, I love the Germans. And then you have, so you have like a black guy who's like rooting for the Nazis. I was like, well, no, go back and watch what the message from World War I was to the black soldiers. Mm-hmm. It's not about Nazis, it's about maybe you could be free. So of course, a black person early 1930s is like, well, I don't know, these Germans were really on our side before. And I feel <laughs> like maybe it's okay. Yeah, he's, he's not a Nazi. He was just like keen on the idea of being free. Um, and I, I, it's a... It's a small thing, but it meant so much to me that in in everything else they had going on in this episode, they show him uh, in the past reacting against and trying to stop like the rise of clan esque Nazi sympathizing yeah. when he th- when Fred throws the thing through that window of the Jer- the Jewish business, uh, and it, it's sort of it's a nice reminder of like that's the other DNA in the background of superheroing and they wove it all together for this and then speaking of women then they were like and we're just gonna perfectly align this Superman story he's got a Lois Lane <laughs> do you remember the first week where I was like I love that Superman parallel and you were like I, I, I see the Superman parallel I was like I think and I had already yeah. done and I was like oh I can't no no and I had like five weeks of like <laughs> it's coming the world will know <laughs> and I was like yeah I see that I, I, but I absolutely like so I got the the, the 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 questions like I immediately twigged to some of the opening movie resonance with Bass Reeves because obviously they do a lot of very intentional stuff at the very beginning of this series that lays out here's what it's gonna be about mm-hmm. corrupt lawmakers holding people accountable the question of mob justice it's all in there look right now and also real badass historical figures who are black who got written out of things now all of that's in the first minutes but then i immediately missed like the superman parallels in in the next thing and i was like oh that could be intentional and it's like okay it was intentional i paced myself one a day so i watched it in like six days or i think it was probably like seven and i remember we talked after i had just seen episodes one and two and i had the superman thing but then the next time i saw you i had to be like the thing i prophesized is also oh no it's coming and (laughs) i've wanted there to be a twist of that magnitude uh, uh, something that 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 makes watchmen the it conversation because i love that this show is as smart as it is and as dense as it is and as good as it is but unless you have those like pizzao moments it's hard to get people on board but now with this half or two-thirds through the season i can be like the thing trust me six hours catch up come play come on this is the time and i think the conversation will be big enough that it'll bring people on that might not have been before what's also really exciting is i think damon lindelof like there's been a lot of questions about like well how mystery box are we going to get like Mm. how many questions are going to be posed and not answered and what i love about his evolving style is he's especially since the leftovers i think been able to pose or answer questions in ways that makes you want to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. And so you feel satisfied, but also you want more. And I think that's what drives really good TV and what makes it successful. We have so many new answers in just the last two episodes. Like, really satisfying episodes where you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I've seen the conspiracy. I was right about that senator. He's not trustworthy. <laughs> but I love that they pulled the they pulled the trigger on that halfway through because we're mm-hmm. all like, that guy, he's no good. And they're like, yeah, we know that you know that, but we're only on episode five. There's yeah. more questions. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And now I'm like trying to figure out like, okay, well, what is... The mystery that's left. I guess we understand that there's a dark and serious conspiracy, but who's leading it? And especially because what I think is going to be the most interesting thing is this idea of the presidents having communicated with one another, mm. essentially, of being like, so the squid drop was real. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know that we faked that. It happened, but we faked it. And uh, you have to just carry that responsibility now. And I think this idea of people being um, 
complicit in the face of terrible things happening out of fear for more terrible things happening is going to become a really common thread and i'm excited to see how they're going to play that out politically absolutely how like, topical I, that is and, it, and it's such a brilliant carrying forward of the themes of the novel which like i love the ending of the book watchmen because laurie and dan are my faves but they leave permanently compromised by it like it's this twisted unhappy happy ending like mm-hmm. the only person who stays pure is rorschach because he explodes and he was a jerk so like it's a beautiful book with all these contradictions in it and this story like first of all it episode five is an incredible response to the original story being like here's what was wrong with ozymandias's plan Mm -hmm. because here's the collateral damage he was willing to live with which don't forget is not worth it and that feeling of paranoia that the the episode is able to elicit like the the amount of understanding you have for tim blake nelson's character the amount of understanding you're like oh his life's been ruined and i feel the amount you feel the magnitude of decades of ruin in an hour of television like just that episode (laughs) like if that was the only episode of Watchmen that existed just to be like Hey, that thing after the squid happened, this is what happened to one man to be like, best TV show. Like one episode <laughs> and like the, the, the details of the, the hat and the details of the, the, the group and all those things that many other superhero properties have tried to accomplish with this much depth. It, that, that episode to me was when I realized like this is something – it's already been special, but this is like a forever special. This is a, a conversation for the rest of time about the bar has been moved again just like Watchmen did. So what do we think – like where does this go for Angela who is still – like we're taking these amazing journeys and mm. discovering the past and unfolding all the secrets. But like where does this end up with her if I've already made my peace with the fact that it's Watchmen so no one will get the happy endings that I want? <laughs> right. So I think the thing with Watchmen is nobody ever gets to really be the hero. Mm. And I think we're going to have to see Angela compromise on something, (laughs) which she's going to have to. And I think if what we're building to is redemption, I think redemption will – and especially thinking of Lindelof and how he looks at um, religion and faith – redemption is is an endless circle Mm. if i hurt you then your ancestors have hurt me and on and on and on i think she's going to have to stop her grandfather but knowing how much pain he's in and i think and how close he is to a goal he gave up everything to try to achieve and i don't think it's a coincidence that in that same episode we have that guy in the group talking about genetic uh trauma oh yeah no like that that, like i mean for one nimelinoff doesn't do like subtle when he's like i'm planting seeds Uh, and then other times he's super subtle like that thing i miss but in that case i was like wait that relates to every single character ah clever (laughs) so i I definitely think they're going to be something relating to her there's a fallout because of something that wasn't her fault that she's going to have to redeem and interestingly speaking of generational trauma the first scene that made me cry in this show was her with her son uh, oh, sure. Uh, and we haven't seen them in a couple episodes, but, like, there are literally kids out there who were orphaned by, the, like, some of the crimes that all this is in response to. So she has another generation to worry about yeah. that is going to maybe inherit or not inherit some of this damage. Has clearly already inherited some of this damage. Yeah. Uh, the fact the boy who can remember the night and who was protecting his sisters at the time, I love the parallels we see with how he and Angela deal with it, like emotional, like dad and the girls are over the corner. Like we can cry it out, we mm-hmm. can scream about it, like we can be emotional. And they're like, we're just gonna go and stare at the ceiling until this pain passes. I will push my castle off of its floaty thing, and we'll be good with that. And then I'll move forward. Um, 
I'll be interested to see how the kids play it. Cause that's the other thing too. I feel like if Angela's kids are somehow involved or in danger at all, I know it's awful. I don't want to think about it. Um, <laughs> that that'll definitely have major. So I see a lot of potential between Angela and Cal to have some division. Uh, Cal's like, I don't like to lie. And Angela's very clearly okay with doing what she needs to do <laughs> yeah. to get the job done. And I think they posed that as a potential threat to such a strong relationship. Oh my gosh. I'm really nervous. Cause I, I don't know what's going to happen. I felt like this whole time I've been able to be like, probably this we're going in that direction they give you such good breadcrumbs and i feel like we ran out of breadcrumbs this week yes. uh, that's and yes. that's what i think is interesting is episode six it was very smart of them to give the press people just a six because now we're like but what's the show i'm and daunted think, by it <laughs> i think angela's family is going to be a very big part of seven eight nine. Oh, totally. i feel like they set them up and then they're like forget about them it's fine look at all mm-hmm. this explosions and then like oh i feel like we're about to get back to her story and it's going to be traumatic well, she's under arrest, kind of. She's with Lady True now. I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't know what the big plan is. Like, they keep looking to the sky, like something's going to come from up there. And I'm like, are y'all bringing Vite back? Like, I don't, I don't and know. how cool is it that we are living in a show that has characters, <laughs> I, I'm going to own that, uh, that yeah, characters yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm Dr. True and, and cops wearing masks that have been normalized like this. Like, whenever I read a superhero book, I'm always like, yeah, but at the end of the day, Spider-Man would be weird, he's got a mask on. But I'm six hours into a world, I'm like, well, yeah, cops wear masks. Oh. Oh, that's not the world. Like, it, I'm just, you're, and then characters named Dr. True. I'm like, that's a, a real name. Like, mm-hmm. all of it just feels, they've made this thing so real. In an interview with Variety Cord, the writer from last night's, ep- Sunday's episode, um, said that they had spent a lot of time, like, actually making legal policy. Yeah, they, because, they figured out how the reparations work. Yeah, they, how like, that argued about be, it. That like, is great, like, really in-depth detail <laughs> of, like, how does that work? And then I think that's what makes, like, those early things, like, the idea of the museum where he just go learn about... Mm-hmm. You Which, can, and we haven't even talked crazy. about them like educating the entire public on a, a literally neglected chunk of American history. Real and history, not fictional. Moments, a like, non-fictional event... And I love that a show, a fictional show educated the real world about a non-fictional event by way of educating people through a show. The exposition mm. of the show is the exposition that a lot of people didn't know about the Tulsa Massacre, which well, I still am flabbergasted. And if you pay attention, they're doing it every episode after. Officer Battle from Sunday night's episode, the black captain who pinned a star on him, that was a real person. He was mm-hmm. the actual first black officer. Um, you have uh, a lot of people are wondering if Frank, who was the jerk who tried to bomb the Jewish delicatessen, is um, Trump's father. Because they have Franken sons, and he was in Jamaica, Queens at the time. Um, I'm just you saying. Know, probably we're, not. We're just saying. But I'm just thinking we question. haven't. Damon Lindelof hasn't said yet, but that is the conclusion a lot of people are coming to. Um, the paper that June works for, real paper, started in 1909, still running today, mm-hmm. uh, New York, Amsterdam. Uh, who, uh, Lady True is based off of a real woman who fought in the Vietnam War. Like, it just goes on and on and on. True's daughter's name means secret. Like, the, again, just the Easter eggs. If you, if you Google any, it's crazy the amount of times I've had to just stop and be like, well, that sounds like an interesting name. Let me just Google it. It does have a whole history that is Which, probably alluding to something. My again, goodness. is so Watchmen. Yes. Uh, and shout out to, of course, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, and John Higgins putting this together. I'm actually really curious if anyone has tracked down. John Higgins was the colorist on Watchmen. And the the hooded justice reveal depends in part on a really yes. brilliant reinterpretation of image from Watchmen with a really disturbing and satisfying answer. But it is also interesting where, like, I really wish I had a phone that reached John Higgins. If, I, I haven't actually checked to see if he's still with us. But, like, I want to be like, when you made his eyes brown, what was in your mind? It could have been <laughs> any color. I'm just saying, you picked that color. worked out real well. 
Like, and I loved the uh, the scene of the imaginary representation of that character that was like, of course, propaganda would use like yeah. a blue eye or green eye. I don't remember what color the guy the guy had eyes, but like it was a really cool because when you look at any propaganda, we we change things like that. So it was it was people make assumptions. Yeah, yeah. and they lean one direction or the other, and of course the guy's like this handsome like you know CW looking dude. Like it was, <laughs> it was just it really worked for me that that we they leaned into so many stereotypes, and I loved the gay relationship, and like there was so much guilt from both parties. Um, I loved that the the wife like dealt with it like a real person would no no one in this all of these are extreme scenarios that are real and all the people are handling them as they would no, no one is a monster no one's a bad guy everyone's dealing there are with some monsters but, no, uh, no, no, but like i'm talking about the warehouse but you know into like melodrama right ever. right monsters yeah. in the mustache twirly sense everyone's reacting like a human a human level it, monster it does yeah. make me hungry for more because like i am i am it, it's a a whole separate episode of of how of my my feelings on this version of Lori and how much I feel like she sort of heals me as someone who always loved that character and felt she was underserved and underappreciated. Uh, but, like, literally her mom and Angela's granddad have a really specific history. Yes. And I know we don't have 700 more episodes to get into that, so I'm, like, but mourning in we, advance. So we know from PDPedia, I am 98% sure she is no longer with us. He just talked about Silk Spectre and, and the way that she was portrayed in what is one of the best like tv shows within a tv show like the insecure one the slave narrative they do in there and it's so funny but like you're paralleling like a real show (laughs) and and you're styling it in the same way that that show is styled and that is bonkers to me and then like we talked a little bit about like amy to your like your opening point of you'll never get the experience of reading Watchmen in the time it came out. I would say this is a really good job of making you feel the same way that feeling did. Mm -hmm. And I think it does that because you're so ingrained and actively in the moment and it's revealing things about society around you. And it's making you the questions the characters have to ask themselves. You have to ask yourself in your daily life. And that is so rare. And so just like, I, I, what would I do if I was Angela? <laughs> like, how would you handle these <laughs> circumstances? Like, how do you feel about police needing to both protect themselves and also patrol the sh- Like, I'm just flabbergasted at what they've been able to pull off, and I'm really excited to see um, how they're going to melt it down. Because it's my... They have to melt it down. Like, we've, they've been renewed for season two. It's coming. Is that a... I, I missed that. I'm 97% sure I read that last night. Um, I will try to find a source. But, like, it... They're going to melt it down for us. It's not going to be good. We've got three episodes left. I could talk about this for 12 to 18 hours. Like, more than the runtime of the show, because it is very brilliant and dense. I can't wait to show my kids this. I can't wait for them to teach this in history class. I want them to bring back old VCRs just to wheel it in. Put this on VHS. And we will will be explaining American Horror Story. It'll be great. Uh, We're going to get into all the rest of the news of the week on the Giant Size Podcast. But this, I'm so glad we were able to take some time for this. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can the people find you, Joel? Thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, you guys can find me... uh, over at Playboy, at The Hollywood Reporter, at The AV Club, and Pace Magazine. Um, and if I'm not there, just go to Twitter. It's at Joelle Monique, J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N. I live there every day, and you will easily be able to ask me questions. Talk to me about Watchmen. I really love hearing your guys. <laughs> There's, it's so rich. There's I'm, Every time I read another review or hear from one of you guys, I'm, I'm shocked at something I missed. It's Which incredible. Which is, again, what you want to hear yes. about Watchmen. Absolutely. So also do that here. Comment, tweet at us. <laughs> yeah. please share. And also, if you like this kind of deep dive versus the news type stuff, let us know, like, yeah. format-wise, if this was your, your cup of tea. Uh, and big thanks to Heroes and Villains for these awesome duds. And please use that Heroes 10 code to save some money on all your good stuff. Until next time, stay, stay sweaty. sweaty.
It's Leo Chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.